Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week I have my awesome guest, Sav Almeida. Uh, Sav, let's tell us a bit about yourself. Hey, Glenn. First of all, thank you for having me on your show. And no uh, more than thank you, you know, just having me on your show, I want to really thank you because you're bringing something that, you know, a lot of us Canadians sitting in Canada, obviously, who have uh, ideas and ambitions and dreams of investing in the U.S. Uh, because of the numbers, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that. But, you know, we don't have that knowledge. We don't have that information. We don't have that uh, uh, risk-taking um, you know, a mindset that you bring your with your guests and yourself onto the show, and you help us, you know, go past those roadblocks. So I want to really thank you for sharing uh, your you know wealth of knowledge and, and bringing guests like myself on to share their wealth of knowledge as well with the Canadian public because that's so so important. And so really thank you for that. I re- appreciate I, I really appreciate that. That's you know it's, it's been a hard day, so I really appreciate that. I, like it's one of those things you're like. Oh, you know, it's a long day. Am I really going to do and record another podcast tonight? And you're like, yeah, I am. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate that. That's awesome. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. If I just want to add, add on to that is that, you know, basically you have guys like you and you, you know, there's a ton of investors out there doing podcasts and now more so than before, obviously. Yep. Right. But uh, I, I, I myself have one, you know, uh, well, a Facebook live, if you will. Yeah. And I know the work involved, right. And the effort it takes. So, you know, we got to give back and say thanks to the guys who are actually doing that stuff <laughs> because, you know, for the ones who are listening for free, that's that's a hell of a lot of work. And, uh, you know, really, really appreciate the the effort involved in that. So thanks for that. Okay, let's jump. Enough <laughs> about you. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about you. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'll make it short and simple. I mean, I got started in real estate investing when I was uh, living in Oakville. Um, for those of your audience who don't know, that's, that's a very high end uh, or or... I would say the richy rich neighborhood of uh, the GTA, right? Yeah. Where, uh, where the average home price is about a million dollars. And uh, here I get started in real estate investing and uh, flipping specifically, right? So that's the only thing I knew about real estate investing when I first got started. Um, I didn't know anything about the bird strategy or Airbnb other than the fact that I actually stayed in, in a couple or student rentals or anything like that, right? I got into flipping. And... Oakville is probably the worst place on the planet where you can possibly do a flip. Right? Yeah. So I learned the hard way. And um, during my, I mean, in the course of my education, I, I learned very quickly and, you know, from experience as well from that first flip was one thing that I live and die by today. And that's the money is in the buy, right? The money is in the buy. And uh, it's not in, in the finishes that you put in the product. It's not in when you sell the product or the cost that you can probably save during renovations and then sell for a higher price later. None of that you can control. What you can control is how much you pay for that property when you first buy it. And that's super important, right? So uh, forward, long story short, you know, I had to find a cheaper market pretty much um, to, to you know, get that savings, if you will, or yeah. make that money in the buy. So I, I started exploring, you know, I went out to, in, in Ontario itself, I, I started going out to Hamilton. Hamilton was freaking expensive. You know, I went out to Kitchener-Waterloo. That's expensive as well. And I say expensive, you need a mortgage to get one of those properties, right, in order to flip. So not only are you holding that mortgage for that period of time, um, uh, you know, you had to have the credit behind that. And so you, you should, you, you had to qualify, right? Yeah. Um, because these are minimum $500,000 homes. Um, when I was in Hamilton, I actually took a detour one day and I went over to Buffalo. 
because the, the education program that I was in was US based and they're, you know, obviously what they know, the prices they know is, is US prices, right? Yep. They can't fathom the thought that you're paying a million dollars in Canada for a house. Right? Yeah, no. <laughs> That's not even finished that we want to flip. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. So, uh, so they, they kept telling me, go out to the US markets, what's close to you? Yeah, uh, you know, um, um, uh, oh my God, um, Niagara is close. Yeah, right? kind of, so yeah. I, I keep going, yeah. Kind of, kind of, from, from Opal, it's not, <laughs> not too bad. No, not too bad. Couple of hours. Uh, and I went out there and I went to a couple of meetups. You know, I saw a couple of homes. I was a new flipper. Uh, these are beautiful homes, no doubt, no doubt, beautiful homes, but they are century homes. They are 100, 200 year old homes. A lot of them are wood frame, they're not even brick, you know. Um, and I just thought to myself, oh, do I really want to get into that in the start? Probably not, right? So I, I, stood, I stepped back a little bit. I said, okay, what's the next closest area? I could go to Cleveland or I could go to Detroit. And I said, okay, Detroit is not too bad. It's four hours. Let's go and see. Yep. And uh, and that's exactly what I did. So I drove up one day and, um, you know, I, I lined up. Uh, actually, it was a few days. So I think it was a three days uh, stint where I lined up uh, meetups that I would go for. Right. Yep. So I went online first of all, I researched the meetups, what's available, uh, booked them, bought my ticket or whatever. And I said, okay, I'm going to go for these three, four days. I'm going to hit up all these meetups and let's go see what happens. Um, and that's what I did. And in one of these meetups, I met a guy, you know, and uh, he said, oh, you were in the other meetup the other day. I was like, yes. And you were in the other meetup the other day, too. It's like, yes. You know, they noticed. you were in all yeah. those meetups. Yeah. Yeah. He noticed. Right. And, <laughs> and, you know, and people called him Mr. Detroit, you know, uh, Todd Chun. He's, you know, he's just Mr. Detroit. Everybody knew Todd and Todd knew everybody. Right. And that's the guy you want to you want to really connect with right from the start. I was fortunate enough and lucky enough that I actually met Todd. And he told me, he said, Todd. Todd told me, he said, listen, Sab, why, why don't you come over for a week and just hang out with me? Just stay, you know, sit in my truck yeah. and follow me wherever we go. And we just talk. We just shoot shit every day. And, you know, you'll see what I'll do, what I do. And uh, if you like it at the end of the day, maybe we'll do a deal together. I was like, okay, how much do you want for that? Right? Yeah. How much How much do I got to pay you for that? Because that's education that is, you know, you're not going to get in a classroom. Hands right? on. Yeah. So I thought it was very expensive. And Todd was like, nah, it's free. Just come. I, I enjoy real estate investing and I like meet people, meeting people who, you know, enjoy real estate investing. And you seem like that kind of guy. Just come and, and sit with me. And I'm like, man, I'm taking you up on that deal, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and that's what I did. I, you know, I came back, I think, two weeks later or something like that. I sat with Todd for a week. Todd's a wholesaler. He's a buying holder. He's a, a flipper. You know, uh, he goes to all the auctions. So the guy did everything, basically. And and you know how the saying goes that, you know, you do everything, but you're a master of none. Yep. Uh, Todd was a master of each one of those things. <laughs> you know, so uh, it was the greatest, greatest learning experience that I had in such a quick time and such a short time. And I knew right off the bat after that one week, Detroit is the place to be for what I wanted to do at that point, which was flipping. Okay? And here I am, uh, two years later, I'm still in Detroit and physically sitting in Detroit. <laughs> so yeah. here I am. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. I was like, you still in Detroit? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I one mean, part uh, one part you didn't mention, you left out of your story, was the whole Windsor part that you... You you, you sounds like yeah. you're still living in Oakville, but you, there's a little bit you left out of there. Yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. So, you know, after, after I started doing my first flip there, you know, I was commuting. I was going for a week, coming back for a couple of days, going for two weeks, coming back for a couple of days. You know, the flip took about four months. Uh... Um, but I didn't want to really stay in Detroit. 
Um, and after the success of that first flip, I thought to myself, listen, this is the place to be. And I had the conversation with my wife. I said, listen, we can't go to the US. We're not US citizens, we're Canadians, yep. right? But what's the next best option? And that's Windsor, Ontario. So we packed our bags one day and said, okay, that was 2017. Let's take this drive and let's go. You know, so uh, pretty much it was, it was an overnight decision. We, we moved to Windsor because of the proximity of Detroit, you know, and yep. now that's changed a little bit for sure. But that was how we got to Windsor. Uh, from my home today to uh, my home in Windsor to where I am sitting right now, which is close to one of my projects, 35 minutes over the border. You know, to drive, so yeah. I, I was to drive, yeah, to drive. <laughs> Land border, thirty-five minutes. I mean, you can't go wrong. That's that's the perfect geographical location for a flip, right? Um, or for any project, for that matter. Yeah. You know, because you're you're so you're so close proximity. You know, I was coming over uh, maybe twice, three times a week when before we had all this COVID crap. Uh, yeah. You know, just check out our project. So, uh, perfect, perfect world scenario. Windsor is located in, in, in an awesome place because you are still in Canada. You have the comforts of home, you know, you have the security of home, but then you have this access to the States and, and that opens up so many, so many doors, right? So I know a lot of people are going, holy crow, Detroit, this, that's, that sounds scary. That sounds scary. I know you got this uh, mentorship to learn some neighborhoods, um, but it, did you learn like where not to invest and maybe some lessons of not to do in Detroit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, some the hard way, <laughs> and some and some, you know, just following advice. You know, Todd told me two things, which I never forget, and I still live by today. Two things: number one, never stop for gas in Detroit, the city of Detroit. Never <laughs> okay. stop for gas. If you want gas, you go in the suburb somewhere. Okay. Uh, sure enough, I, I can still remember one experience that I had. I was driving around and. Um, I had to get to my look to my project. I was running so low on gas, and I am I am a guy who will run the tank, you know, past the E sign until it starts flashing and beeping, and you know, alarm starts going off. And I said, I got to stop for gas, and it was in the city, and I stopped. And the moment you stop and you get out of the out of the car to pump the gas, you get a trove of what, what should I say characters that come up to you, you know, hey man, how's it going? What's going on? They love to talk, right? They love to talk. At the end of the day, they want money. They want something, you know, from you, and they just don't. They just won't leave you alone until the point that you actually give them money, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. And some of these guys are, are unfortunately drunk or high, you know. So you wanna you wanna stay away from that. And uh, um, if the Detroiters know themselves that they shouldn't be pumping gas in the city, then you know, I I, I like to follow that that rule for sure. That yeah. that was the first rule. The second rule is never buy a house next to a party store. All right. And I was like, what the hell is a party store? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, yes, it's as bad as it sounds. So a party store is a liquor store. Okay. okay. So it's an LCBO yeah. uh, for us. Uh, you know, we're, we, we complain a lot that it's government controlled, but I, man, if you come to Detroit and you see the, the, the so-called LCBOs over here, I'm happy it's government controlled because these are private entities, uh, enterprises, and uh, you get a lot of riffraff hanging around on the outside, right? So whether they're buying the actual product from the store or selling some product in the street, um, never buy a house next to any one of those things, right? A gas station or um, a party store, a liquor store, because uh, that traffic is going to, you know, it's going to be detrimental to your project, for sure. So those are the two things that I, I live and die <laughs> by in Detroit. 
Sure. That's those are good tips. <laughs> I usually get whenever I'm going into Detroit, I'm usually getting gassing up at the border. So yeah, I usually don't have that problem. But you know yeah, what? Best place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, best place. I mean, hey, listen, in, in the States, the gas is so cheap. It doesn't matter if you're at the border gas station where it's a few cents cheaper than, you know, in the rest of the, not the city, but the, the surrounding part of the city. So yeah. to me, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Okay, so you said off the start, you, you did the first flip, and it was enough to like be go. You know what? This is what I'm doing. This is my this is my path for now, at least. This is my path. This is what I want to do. Um, what kind of? How did that go? Like, just walk us through that deal. Yeah. So you know, after that first week uh, with Todd, um, um, I pretty much told him, I said, "Listen, man, find me a deal, right? You're a wholesaler. Find me a deal, and um, you know, I'm happy to pay you a wholesaling fee or whatever." and uh, help me out you know get me some contractors if you can you know just show me the way right and he was like yeah absolutely obviously you know he was incentivized so he did find, find a deal i bought the uh, uh um yeah okay so here's the deal it was a, it's a single family home right yeah um, i bought it for 40k 40,000. okay okay uh, and when we looked at ARVs and so on and so forth, and this is all Todd, right? Oh, yeah, he's a realtor as well, by the way. <laughs> the Todd, Todd of many trades. But uh, <laughs> he, he got me the comps, and the comps were about 120, right? So through this education, I I mean, I learned quickly money's in the buy, of course. And you want to buy, you know, at least 50%. And you're talking American here, right? Yep. Different in Canada, but in the U.S., if you can get something for 50% of its ARV, half its value, right? Yeah. You are you are going to stand to make some money, right? There's no doubt about it, right? Because uh, that's you know that's yep. just a general form formula high level. So when I looked at this deal, 40k ARV 120, that's a third. So there's no way I can go wrong with this one, right? Even if it's a, it's it's a first timer. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know. So did you get a, a renovation quote before buying or you figured that out after? Um, we did a quick walkthrough with, with Todd. So, you know, he's like, listen, we're going to do basic, you know, no granite, uh, you know, laminate countertops, no appliances. We don't put appliances in the houses. So don't have to worry about that. Do floor paint, refresh the bathroom, kitchen, uh, kitchen, keep the kitchen cabinets and you're good. Right. So it was it was a very ballpark kind of thing. Um, I did my own math. I went to Home Depot, looked at the pricing and so on and so forth. I yep. didn't have the actual contractors to do the job. That's where my fear was, right? Not so much in the material cost, but in the contractors. Yeah, the labor. Said, yeah. I got my cousin, right? And uh, he's going to help you out and he does everything. Um, so, so I was like, okay, cool. Let's do it. So, yeah. So we started the project, you know, three months in, everything was going good, yada, yada, yada. Um, um, and then um, I go, I come back home. So at this point, I was still commuting, right, to to Detroit and back from Oakville. I come back home for a couple of days, uh, and the neighbor he calls me, the neighbor of this house in Detroit. He calls yep. me. And he says, "Listen, the city's been out there. They put some kind of tag on your door. Uh, be careful about that, you know, because they're gonna they're gonna rack up the bill." And I, and I, so I come back after you know the weekend or whatever. And it's a stop work order, basically. Uh. So they, uh, they wanna. Yeah, so they they, they want, want a permit, permits. They want a C, they want a COO, right? And uh, which is a certificate of occupancy, and basically follow the process. At that point, we were literally, I will, I want to say, uh, doing landscaping on the outside, and we were done with the project. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was the first uh, learning by fire, if you will. 
Um, and, so what did uh, they so do? We, did they make you open some walls up? What was what was required? No, so luckily we get in there. Well, luckily and un unluckily, right? So he didn't ask me to open the walls. But in the inspection, here's how naive I was. I find out that this during this inspection, I find out that this home is actually a, a, a model home, what they call a model home, right? So it's a it's a basically a prefab home, but it's not the prefab that we know in Canada. It's one of those cheap prefab homes, right? Oh. Which they basically make it somewhere and they come and they drop it in there. They have slots and um, openings for electrical, uh, HVAC and so on and so forth that you can never change, right? So here's the issue. Now, when you try to get parts for these things, you got to go to specialty stores to get the right faucets, the right sockets, the right switches, the furnace, uh, uh, spare parts and so on and so forth. And I was like, oh my God, right? I had no clue whatsoever. So the inspector comes in and he's like, yeah, these, these sockets don't work. You got an electrical issue here, da -di da which for me was very cosmetic in my scope of work. I wasn't doing any electrical or HVAC or any of that, but yeah. now he pulled it up. I got to bring people to do it, right? And that's when I found this is, a, this is what they call a model home. Um, so yeah, so it pushed back quite a bit, you know, to get these different parts and get the people who knew what they were doing because it's a crawl space. You you gotta you ha you have to have worked in one of these before to understand where's the location of all these things, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, so that one week when I thought I was out of the project ended up being a, a month and a half extra uh, just to get all the stuff done. But in the end of the day, I did get the COO and uh, we did sell that house uh, and we made about thirty grand of it. So I'm not too, uh, you know, yeah. I'm not too disappointed. Yeah. U.S. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. I, depending on how long ago, that could be really good. It could be not very good. But um, you said it was an extra month and a half. Um, how long was the whole project? Uh, so from beginning to end, from beginning to end, it took uh, five months. Five months. Five months. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah, it's. A, I usually aim for six months to be fully. Yeah. No. Done. No. It turned out. It turned out quite good. Yeah. Um, less. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the money was good at the end of the day. The learning was good for me because, you know, obviously I didn't know what I was doing at that point. But uh, <laughs> I quickly realized a couple of things that I'm never going to go for a model home anymore uh, because, you know, just for the computer. Is there a way to tell that? Is like, it does it show up on um, if you go into zoning or something? Like, where do you find out if it's a model home? You, you can, you, well, first of all, basically you have to have the eye for it, right? So now I can okay. walk in and I can say, okay, this is not a your, your traditional home. So you, gotcha. you can go and look in the... In the furnace, for example, it's in a it's in a closet somewhere, which is about that wide, right? And and the furnace doesn't look like your normal furnace. It's it's meant for those type of homes. So you're not gonna go get a normal HVAC guy to come in and you know change out that furnace. It's not gonna happen, right? Uh, mm -hmm. the, the the plates and the plugs and the switches are indented into the wall, so you can know that you know it's not cut out in your drywall. It's sort of like a plastic indent into the wall, which mm. is very it's very. Um, um, easy to, to find out uh, if you go into the bathrooms, the faucets, the, all of that stuff is, you know, it's not the typical, if you pull them up, you'll find out that the holes behind there are a pre-drilled and yep. you can't cut out another space to open it up and, you know, change out the whole piping and so on and so forth. So, you know, that's, uh, that's all through experience. Um, uh, you know what? I never at that, after that particular project, I said to myself, um, uh, you know, the only house homes I'm going to go for from henceforth are brick not even vinyl brick you know so okay. um so
So I never had that problem anymore because if I saw a red brick outside, I was like, okay, that's an opportunity. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to look for that for that model home anymore. But, uh, yeah, you're in, you've been throwing lots of little nuggets in there. If you if people are listening, you got to be catching them. But yeah, there, there was another one, the Brex houses. Um, you said that you couldn't get a regular like HVAC guy to do that. Like, is there is, is there like a specialty company that does just yeah. these model homes? Yeah. So you got to go. So you can't get any supplies from Home Depot or Lowe's. So there are speciality stores that um, that sell the supplies so for the guessing model. I say supplies. More money? No, so the pricing is not that much different. It's actually, it's not, it's quite affordable, right? Because these are cheaper, so-called cheaper built okay. homes. Yeah. So the issue is the, uh, the supply, right? So there may be one or two stores in that city that you're in um, that, 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 that sell that kind of stuff. And if, if they don't have it in stock, they got to order it. So that pushes back you know, your timeline and so on and so forth. You know, honestly speaking, uh, there's an opportunity, right, for people uh, to get an to be an expert in that because there's so many of these homes in, in I can speak only for Detroit, uh, you know, that are available that if you get that speciality and you know where to source these materials, nobody else wants to, no other investor wants to touch these kind of deals yeah. because, you know, it's harder for them, right? So think about it. If I, if I could make 30 grand on my first flip, and this was the kind of deal. If you become a special uh, specialized in that kind of home, there's an opportunity there for sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's I, I've actually been starting to rethink a lot of stuff too. Because you're like, oh, I don't want to go to this tax lien state because it's really difficult. But you're like, because it's difficult, there's fewer people doing it, and you might actually be opportunities. You can think yeah. of the opposite with everything. You know, a lot of people are going to flood to these really hot markets, uh, or they're going to flood to these really uh, landlord friendly markets. Mind you. Detroit is one of the most, or Michigan is one of the most landlord-friendly states in the U.S. But uh, anyway, you, just by thinking the opposite way of the crowd, uh, there's usually some sort of, you can make advantage out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, you've heard it before, they complain about there's no deals. There's no deals. There's no deals because you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking where everybody else is looking, right? Look, you're looking look, at the uh, the Redfin ad that came to you with that everybody got. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, you, you mentioned that you don't do appliances. I was wondering why you don't do appliances. Is it a price point or is it a Detroit thing? Why, why don't you do appliances in flips? So <laughs> let me let me let, <laughs> let me put it this way: in Detroit, when you're doing your budget, we have at least at least five thousand dollars. Okay, I don't care what kind of home you're doing. We have five thousand dollars. What we call the Detroit factor. Okay. Well, they have and legs. Like <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Right. So if you can cut that out from the start, uh, you know that that opportunity uh, of growing legs from the start might as well do it because you can't. Unfortunately, depending uh, depending on what season you are in, you can't take out the furnace from every single home that you do because for showings you gotta have the house heated, right? Uh, yeah. You can't take out the water tank, and I do that. So I put in a water tank, pass inspection, or whatever, and I, I take it out, and then I put it back after at closing date right so oh. we want to mitigate as much as possible appliances is just this thing right it, it goes it's never going to stay the whole course of the of the showings unfortunately um you know again it depends on which part of the city you're in you know where, where you're doing if you're in a in a nice suburb like royal oak for example you got no issues and and you probably have to put in appliances because the buyer will demand it right but um yeah. anyway in the in the city of detroit not highly unlikely they're going to ask for it. So. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just curious about it because I know um, like certain states, like if you go into lots of big chunks of Indiana, you don't put appliances in there 
because it's customary that the they always everyone brings their own appliances or does appliance packages even tenants and they just don't do it there yeah. um, so i wasn't sure if it was something gonna be something like that um interesting i had another question <laughs> i completely forgot what it was <laughs> i should have wrote it down but uh well, well, why do you think about that let me let you let me give you another tip if you yeah. are, um because because you're asking about you know places not to go or or things not to do um you know i just remember the story over here if you're working with other investors and you're bringing yeah. them for over for tours make sure they roll in your car and not their own because i had one investor come up with his tesla <laughs> model x or whatever the model is i don't really know that yeah no it was the suv the suv that had the doors open like that yeah uh, in the middle of a detroit hood and everybody on the street stopped you know whatever they were doing and came up and like, oh look at that car man look at that car and the whole street was looking at that car right <laughs> that's just like okay what are you doing here by the way oh you're from canada oh really you're fixing up this house oh that's nice okay so you're not here all the time you're just passing through uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. yeah so yeah so nowadays when i bring investors i say you come into my home in windsor and we're all getting into my car and then we're going across the border <laughs> that makes sense too. So you get to chat the whole time too. Um, does the does having a, an Ontario license plate flag anything on? Uh, does it like you, does it attract any attention? No, not really. I know I was I, down I in Alabama them. looking at a, a 12 plex and uh, people came out of everywhere. Are you looking to buy this place? This is all the problems. I'm like, okay, come here. I'm going to write the problems down. But I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, they know I'm from Canada. <laughs> One girl yeah. like go, yeah. pulled out her phone, Ontario. That looks like Canada. <laughs> He's like, are you from Canada? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I've never met anyone from Canada. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Yeah. I was... <laughs> They probably never met anybody from the next state over, but <laughs> yeah, that could fun. be true. <laughs> yeah. uh, Detroit, Detroit is so close to Windsor. We have there. You know, it's you know, I like to think it's an extension of Windsor is an extension of Detroit or vice versa. You know, you have so many locals from both cities going across the border every day for work. So you know, it's uh, the Ontario plate is is a, is a you just need one of those uh, the new Ontario plates that they got rid of the blue. They're all blue with the yeah, white yeah, letters because yeah. they're just like Detroit's. They fit yeah. right in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Michigan> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Detroit, uh, flipping, um, you know, I guess remote management or, or on-site management. I guess you're in Detroit right now. Well, would you want to touch one of those topics quick before we uh, close this off? Whichever one interests you. Yeah, sure. I mean... Um... You know, it's you know, I'm, I'm probably the hardest person to pick, uh, um, you know, when it comes to trying to scale on a massive level, right? And the reason for that is that I am super anal about my projects, right? In the sense of I want to be there. Unless I, if I could replicate myself, which I have now, I think at Windsor, um, um, I want to be hands-on, right? And, and that's, again, through experience. I find in, in, in Detroit, at least, or in the States, well, I should say Detroit, um, People are lazy, man. Uh, unfortunately, I gotta, you know, I gotta say that they're lazy, right? And yep. uh, if you're not there to, to to show that you're interested in your own work and your own project, then there's high likelihood of it just slipping something out of your grasp. So, for example, you know, the two projects that I'm working on right now, I bought pre-COVID, uh, yep. January or February mm-hmm. of this year. Yet, yes, COVID was impacted a lot of labor and, and and resources and so on and so forth, you know. But I had some guys who were willing to work. And they were coming in, but they were just too slow. And, you know, they were, I had to follow up with them. And it was a constant battle every day. And now I come in to, to check the status of these two projects. 
and pretty much all the work that they had done, I have to rip out and start again. Oh. So, you know, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, me personally, again, I, I'm super hands-on and that's why I can do, I want to say I, I can do about 10, maybe 15 a year. You know, I have enough of me to go around yeah. uh, between Detroit and Windsor. Um, I think it's hard. My, my, my advice is that, you know, I hear all these people you know, online and social media saying that they oh, they they're doing all these projects left, right and center, and they got all these teams set up and processes set up. Yes, it's possible. It's just hard. You know, I mean, Glenn, yeah. I know you have uh, quite a few projects and you do a lot remotely. You know, what do you think about that? I, I totally agree. And I actually, I had to go at some point this year and say, I can't do anymore. Like I need, I need to f mentally be there on all these things and you're just like it's nice to be all managed in this software but at some point you 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 need to have it in your head and as soon as you get like i was saying like my limit's 12 at a time if i get over 12 renovations on the go i start to forget addresses i forget uh like some of the details i gotta look up my notes and it's just like I, i'm like okay no i can't unless i <laughs> Once I get my wife doing more of the work, maybe then I can just focus on the certain things. But right now I'm just doing everything. <laughs> she wants to, she, I'm lucky she wants to be part of it more. So uh, she's a stay at home mom now. Um, and so like, yeah, so she wants to be part of it. So, you know, it, it'll work out. Um, but you know, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, one thing I wanted to go back to is you were talking about being lazy and being on site and working and, I think we should define that you're not picking the hammer up and and putting the nails in and doing the project. Oh. You're you're on site to manage people, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, you 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 wouldn't want that house if I was lifting up the hammer. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thought we should define that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> so yeah. some people might think you're like going down there to go and renovate these houses yourself. And <laughs> oh no 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 my my listen my skill is getting people to work in a union, right, in, in, in one kind of team effort. So I schedule the, the work involved and make sure that the, the framers out, you know, before the electrician comes in or if there's a little bit of gap or if the electrician can actually gel with the plumber so they can work on the site together, you know, otherwise I got to move the other guy, you know, they have a conflict or whatever, move, it to, move him to another project, you know, and so on and so forth. That's what my skill is, right? So I just bring that, I'm, I'm a puppet player pretty much. Uh, but at the same time, I find that if I'm not physically there and I'm just on the phone or video, I do a lot of video, right? It just doesn't have that same impact. It just doesn't have that same impact, right? It goes so far, but I give you examples, right? You know, I came, I came now to look at one of my projects. We discussed this with my frame, with my, uh, uh, framer and drywall guy, who's the same guy, a yep. lot over the phone, right? So we had cut out this one wall between the kitchen and the dining room to open up the space. Uh, but we still had the studs. That's a load-bearing wall, so some of the studs were exposed on either ends of that wall, right? Um, and, and I told him, I said, "Listen, just when you when you frame it out, one is is shorter than the other. Make sure that it's the same width before we drywall. So aesthetically, when you're looking at it, it looks like a nice little picture frame, right?" And I got here, and one's about six inches, you know, wider than the other. So it looks like it's just off, and I'm like. Yeah. Dude, we talked about this on the phone. I showed you in the video. You know, he's like, oh, it slipped my mind. So it's these little things that if I had let it go, if I was not here, it would have passed. And, you know, somebody would have bought the house. I wouldn't, I don't, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have any doubts about it. 
But those are the kind of things that really piss me off, right? And I want to make sure that, okay, we're putting the best product out there so we can get the best price possible. Otherwise, you know, how are we profiting this way? Right? So. Nope, you're totally right. I had a, a contractor that did uh, amazingly fast work, but it was amazingly fast. It showed that it was amazingly fast work. Like yeah. corners weren't perfect, everything else. And it 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 hurts you when you go to sell. It's it's a it's a big eye opener. Um, do you? I just thought of this. Do you hire a contractor, or basically you're the contractor and you hire out all the subs and manage the subs, or do you yeah. have somebody? Yeah. To, I'm the GC. I'm the yeah, GC. you're the GC because you, you might as well be right if you're there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I can tell you, before COVID, um, you know, uh, at that point, you know, we were doing I think four projects simultaneously at one point. Um, yeah. and I actually started to hire and train um, uh, a little mini me, if you will, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's the ideal situation where if you can have one or two of these guys running, you know, three, four projects by themselves, that's the way to scale, right? But it's hard, again, you know, and I don't say it's not possible. It is It is very possible. Like, for example, in Windsor, I have that now. Uh, but then again, I'm there, right? So if he doesn't show up or if he doesn't perform, then I'm there to pick up the pieces. Um, if you try to do that remotely somewhere where you can't get to easy enough or fast enough, just just be sure that, you know, you have the right people and, and you have um, a buffer, that can pay for that right and that that's important yeah that's, that's a key thing you, you mentioned there too having the buffer having space not be uh, maxed out having backup cash having backup space in your budget uh all these things because surprises happen <laughs> so, yeah. um yeah. sav this was awesome i think we're gonna have to have you back and maybe i'll space it out so he doesn't show like a buzz back-to-back episodes we'll have you back again but uh, if people wanted to get a hold of you in the meantime, where do they uh, track you down? Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, so real estate investor sav, all one word, real estate investor sav. There's there's a lot of real estate investors these days, so <laughs> I'm <laughs> okay. Um, and that and you can use that on uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Search up you know that that tagline. You'll find me everywhere. Um, my email is sav at realestateinvestorsav.com. My website is realestateinvestorsav.com, so it's it's all it's all on the same brand. You can find me, you know, drop me a line and, and we can chat for sure. Awesome. This this was a great chat. I mean, like I said, we'll have to have you back. And I really appreciate you coming on. I think you've added a lot of value for everybody. Thank you so much.